1: The only thing I'm
0: is Forgotten Seasons. Welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Seasons. This is your host, Dylan Dreyfus. Today, man, we got a straight-up killer. We got one of the nastiest point guards of all time, in my opinion. Darren Williams talking about year number two, 2007 Western Conference finalist, Utah Jazz. This was D-Will's breakout season, his rookie year. He's not starting all the time. He's playing spotty minutes under an old-school coach. Jerry Sloan but this season he's the clear-cut starter and he shows up big time puts up 16 a game nine assists per game first second year player to do that since a guy by the name of Jason Kidd in 1996 for the Mavs and you go back and watch D. Willman. like I said I think one of the nastiest point cards ever talk about hesitations double moves counters finishes dunks he was just cold, man. Surrounded Williams, we got a pair of all-star bigs at the four and the five. Carlos Boozer and Mehmet Okur. We got the Swiss Army Knife at the three. Andre Kirilenko, AK-47. Derek Fisher comes in this year for some support in the backcourt. So Utah's got a squad. This is the first of four consecutive playoff appearances with Williams at the helm. 0607 6 7 51 wins, number three offense in the league. They finish as the four-seed in the West. Playoffs. They beat a healthy T-Mac and in Yao in round one, a series in which pretty much nobody picked Utah. Round two, they get the We Believe Warriors fresh off their historic upset over Dallas. Utah takes care of them in five. And then conference finals, we got the San Antonio Spurs, the eventual champs. Utah does end up falling to the Spurs in five games. Let's jump into this one now. Reminder, drop a rating and a review. Darren Williams on the 2007 Jazz begins right now. We got D. Will. Darren, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Bless. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, I'm thankful to be talking to one of the best point guards of the 2000s. We're going to be talking about year two for you. So kind of setting the stage, figuring out how we got to year two. Your rookie year, you go third overall. Uh, you get drafted to the Jazz. You get drafted to a coach, Jerry Sloan. Rest in peace. Uh, an old-school coach that doesn't love playing young guys. I think clearly you're the best point guard on the roster, but for the first half of the season, spotty minute, minutes, playing 40 minutes one night, 10 minutes the next. It uh, yeah. doesn't really kick in until post-All-Star break when he finally starts you, and then you have a really great run finishing off the season, like 15-6, shooting 50% from deep. So after your rookie season, what do you remember from the summer going into year two?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I remember <laughs> – having to come back to summer league, do summer league, uh, again. And, um, I think I played, I want to say two games, maybe three, three games. And then they shut me down. And seen uh, all right, We've seen, we've seen enough, um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. Um, just kept working on my game that summer and, you know, trying to progress. And yeah, I mean, definitely the, the first, the first year was a lot of ups and downs and, you know, looking back, you know, when you get older, you realize, I think, what, what he was trying to do. Um, and that's just who he was, you know, in, in that kind of old school mentality. I mean, that's old school coaches are known for that, not really just giving guys the keys and letting them go. Um, you know, I wish he would have. I think I think it could have been. I think we would have made the playoffs because we only missed, I think, by one or two games. And so, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, that's how it went down. You guys make a move for Derek Fisher, bringing in
0: the veteran point guard. Were you consulted in that? Or when that happens, are you like, shit, you know, I'm about to be a backup
1: again? No, I never thought that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, you know, um, I was pretty confident in my abilities. And, um, you know, no, definitely no disrespect to D. Fish because, I mean, shoot, he, he's he's a legend. And, uh, you know, know what he's done in and, and deep playoff runs and, and finals. And so, um, but yeah, I, I think I, I always saw us playing together a lot. Um, I mean, even when I, even my, my rookie year, I played a lot with with Keith McLeod and with mm-hmm. Milt, Milt Palacio, um, the two other point guards on the roster. So, you know, I never saw that being an issue. That
0: was also a, a USA basketball year. It wasn't the Olympics, but it was FIBA. Was there any interest from you in playing on that
1: team? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I just didn't. I didn't get that call yet. Uh, yeah, they got you Kirk. Know.
0: They got Kirk Heinrich ahead of you, man.
1: Kirk Heinrich and Luke Rednour, you know, and, and and both those guys were were really you know good point guards, great point guards. So, you know, I just had, I guess I hadn't paid my dues yet. I didn't have the type of year that Chris Paul had, um, so I, I didn't even get that invite. But, you know, I think I use all those things, all those slights as as motivation. You know, it's always something that kind of kept me going, and so I, uh, that definitely was. It definitely was in my mind, you know. Not, not, not even getting a call to come and and try out.
0: Two thousand eight. I know they're making the documentary. Are you are you in that?
1: You know what's funny? So, I mean, I'm in it, obviously, because I played on the team, and I feel like I did an interview for that a while ago, but I can't remember at the same time. Like, like I knew. I I remember somebody telling me about it, and I've done so many like you know, interviews here and there, but I can't remember if I did a specific one for that. I'm like 70% sure I did.
0: I guess you'll be watching it the same way as us. just sort of just seeing 100%. No, but I'm excited because 2006, they, I think all the attention goes to 2004 when they lost Argentina. And that's the bigger stage is the Olympics. But 2006, um, they had a great squad. They took home bronze, but we'll be looking out for that 2008 one. So going into sophomore year, like I said, they bring in G- D Fish, but most of the core remains the same. We got Booze Oker, Karolanko with you. Uh, starting with the, those big men, Oker and Boozer, they both make the all-star team in, in 06, 07. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of starting with with Oker, uh, speak a little bit about him playing with the stretch big. I think he was definitely ahead of his time, shooting like 38% yeah. from deep. How was playing with Oker and then kind of follow up to that, do you prefer or did you prefer playing with stretch big man, or would you rather have a roller? And a rim threat.
1: Um. Well, first of all, Memo was was amazing, man. It was a great teammate, great guy. You know, uh, you know, still a friend to this day. Um, the big reason I went over to Turkey when I went over there was because because of, of him and him selling me on Turkey and Istanbul, and so. Um. <clears throat> yeah, like you said, he was definitely ahead of his time, and we actually talked about it um, not too long ago about what he would have done in today's game. You know, um, playing the way he did, and. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing playing with a guy that can that seven foot, almost seven foot that can knock down shots from anywhere on the court, come down and transition and 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 fire him away. Um, and then, you know, second part of that question was, you know, booze was was kind of the roller, mm-hmm. but also a pick a pick and pop big, just not really. He wasn't really stretching it out to the three point line, which I feel like he probably could have because he could actually shoot really, mm-hmm. you know, really good. Um, just just wasn't that time yet for him. Um, and uh, so I, I think for me, it was great to play with both of those guys because you have both of those options, right. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that's what made our team so successful is we had, you know, we had a a, a good, good mix, you know, we had a good mix with him, but not in Paul Millsap as well, yep, um, who, who was a, who was a roller, but as well could pop out to that 15, 17, 18 foot range and knock down shots. And so, Um, you know, I I enjoy playing with both those guys. They both made me better. They both made my job um, easy.
0: Quick side note, how is Istanbul? Because I heard that city's like beautiful.
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, You know, I was, it's funny because when I went over there, uh, I mean, I was excited to go over there and, and, and everything, but I was also, you know, like everybody else who wanted to start the NBA season Um, Mm -hmm. until I got over there and played and, and started enjoying it. And, I was actually a little sad when, when the lockout ended because I had to go back because um, I was really enjoying my time over there. I loved the the Turkish people, you know they were they were so great to me, um, and I love Turkish food. Turkish food is, is banging. Yeah. So continuing down the line, Lanko,
0: you're on record saying if you if he had a jump shot, you thought he could have been the best player in the league.
1: Man, I'm telling you, the, the dude could do everything. Um, you know, it wasn't something he couldn't do on the court, um, and. There were times where he could knock down shots. He was just very, um, you know, up and down, very inconsistent. Um, But, yeah, I mean, AK was was so fun to play with and so fun to watch. He could pass. He he could, you know, he could bring the ball up the court. And then defensively, I mean, he was everywhere. And and, and erased a lot of our mistakes.
0: Looking back, obviously, the league has changed so much. You feel like if if he's in today's game, like, are, are people playing him at the five?
1: Probably. Yeah. I mean, i hundred percent. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> a tough five dangerous. Right? I mean, you look at Draymond, you know, Draymond's yep. playing four or five, you know, um, you look at other guys, you know, that, that are about, you know, his size and they're playing the five now, um, you know, especially when teams are going small, there's those small lineups out there. So I think he would, he's another guy that would have thrived and probably would have, they probably would have put more infinite emphasis on improving his jumper. Mm -hmm. You know, not that he, not that he didn't work on it, but I think they would have, you know, put a lot more emphasis on it. Mm -hmm.
0: Not for sure. So, kind of surveying around the league, focusing on the West, like every other year in the 2000s, conference is completely stacked. Up top, Mm -hmm. you got Dallas with 67 wins, then Phoenix 61, and San Antonio, and then you guys come on to the four spot. You end up being Western Conference finalists, but like before the season, it's safe to say outside of you guys, probably nobody expected that. Internally, like what, what were your expectations for, for the team in year two?
1: You know, I would like to say I I could I remembered what our what our mindset was going in, but that was so long ago, you know, yeah. getting old. Um, but yeah, I mean we we knew we had a good squad, and I feel like you know, we felt like we were close to, to making the playoffs, you know, with a fairly young, young team. And then we add D fish who who brings in that veteran leadership. And, you know. Um, I knew my, my playing time was going to be, you know, pretty consistent, mm-hmm. um, that next year. And so we would have a lot more continuity and, and a lot better, you know, we just knew each other we knew what coach Sloan, you know, demanded of us. And so, um, yeah, we thought we were going to be good. Did we know we we're <laughs> going to go to Western conference finals? No, <laughs> that's what I was looking for, but hey, you did. And, and
0: I want to talk about the point guard position. Cause looking back, like when you go down the list, crazy obviously you got yourself cp nash billups tony parker arenas j kidd um first question do you think that this was the, like the golden era of point guards
1: i think so you know it was i mean like you said you, you couldn't really it was it was not it was not really a night you could just be like all right i kind of got a night like and there was no night off anyways, because it's the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. You, you take a night off and a, a backup going to bust your ass. And mm-hmm. it's happened to me, you know, before. So, um, but there was really no nights off, not like a, you know, like, all right, well, shoot, you know, I can, I'm going to, I'm going to abuse this guy or, you know, whatever. There was none of that going on. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was up there. I think the point guards of today are pretty, pretty special too. There's some, there's some, <laughs> there's some dudes out there that are, you know
0: tough. It's a different game. I would have. it would have been fu- it would have been fun to see guys like you, like Arenas uh, and a few other guys kind of have the keys like these modern day point guards have. I know there yeah. probably wasn't none of that with coach Sloan early on, but like, no. you know, and kind of like with with coach Sloan, obviously he's old school, we know that. Uh NBA vet, NBA lifer. What were like the main things he preached? uh in practice on both sides of the ball like what were his if you had to name just a few like what were coach Sloan's core philosophies
1: yeah I mean I I had a green light for that era I would say you know yeah, and for him that's true you know I, I mean I I didn't, there was not too many times where he you know got extremely pissed at me for a shot I, I took uh, I mm-hmm. didn't really take take too many bad shots but yeah I feel like today's game you know it's not very Uh, it's not how he liked to play the early shots, the quick shots, you know, he didn't, he didn't like that. He, he stressed moving the ball around, making it change size, making people guard you, and then trying to get easy buckets, you know, Um, he didn't like to to come down and pull up from 35 feet unless, you know, it better go in. You know, we, we even had guys like Kyle Korver who, you know, when he got to Cleveland, he's coming down and if he's open, shoot the ball. And it, it still wasn't like that for him. So, you know, coach Sloan stressed, you know, um, being patient, getting a good shot, you know, things like that on the on the offensive end.
0: And then going back to the point guards, who were the guys for you? Who, who did you consider the toughest matchups in the league at this time? It doesn't have to be the exact year, but early on in your career, who were the guys kind of introduce you to the league?
1: <laughs> you know, I talk about it a lot, but Sam Cassell was kind of like, he was a problem for me. Um, he, he just, you know, he wasn't the quickest guy. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the the sexy pick, you know, when people were talking about about point guards. But man, he just had this game that was tough to guard. He knew how to use his body, um, and he had this mean pump fake that, like every game, Coach Sloan would tell me, like, don't fall for his pump fake. I'd have to, you know, read out his his tendencies, and it was, you know, don't fall for the pump fake. And three minutes in, I would always have two fouls because I'm jump I'm jumping for that pump fake. Um, but yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Every night was tough. I mean, Nash, uh, I mean, I, I, a lot of the players I grew up, you know, watching and, mm-hmm. and trying to emulate, I, I'm now playing, right? You know, Jay Kidd was I think my first game for – was it my first game? I think so. I think it was my my first game in the NBA was, was against Jason Kidd, who was my favorite player, you know, growing up and, um, you know, playing against Nash and Stephon Marbury and AI, um, you know, Steve Francis. I mean, these guys were, you know – Who I looked up to and you know, I'm I'm coming down playing on the playground, trying to be them. So, you know, it was just it was kind of surreal that first year.
0: And I'm I know you probably get asked about it all the time, but my my fans would be mad if I didn't at least bring up, you know, you and Chris Paul, obviously connected, connected from from early on, probably high school, college. You guys go back to back in the draft. That was always the question probably a little bit later, you know, D. Will or Chris Paul, I don't think you could go wrong. But uh, speak a little bit about just, like, how you came up kind of side-by-side with Chris Paul and then being in the same conference uh, in the league and then soon enough you're both on really good teams. Just what, what was that dynamic like between you guys?
1: It was great. I mean, like you said, me and CP have known each other since uh, since college. Um, we actually met at uh, uh, Nike camp. When um, We worked Nike campus counselors and then Jordan camp as well. We kind of became friends there and stayed in touch. And yeah, I mean, we were always linked, you know, going three and four in the draft. And, you know, I feel like the media always tried to make us mm-hmm. out, not enemies, but, you know, they always brought up the, you know, um, the matchup and we were kind of, you know, linked together because of that. And, um, you know, we had some battles on the court for sure. And, and we'd go out for dinner the night before and then we'd, it's like we weren't even friends on the court the next day, but we're just two, two competitive guys. And so, you know, what else are you going to expect from us?
0: No, that's dope. I remember, I think it was oh 0- eight or oh nine. They had the slam cover, and there was like a two sided cover. It was like D yeah. will is number one, Chris Paul is number one, but uh, no, that was great.
1: I I'd take I I take his I take his career over mine. That's I the, would. I, that, that's another thing to ask.
0: He that that guy's still going. He's putting up the same numbers.
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable what he's doing and. Um, man, you can't hate on what he's doing, at, 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 especially at this age. You know, if if you do say something bad about him, then you're just hate. It's just flat out, you know, because I mean, he he's to be putting up the numbers, to be leading his team the way he's led him. You know, get him to the finals, and um, you know, it's special. You still talk to him at all? Yeah, yeah, we
0: talk quite a bit. So so, uh, so finishing out the regular season, fifty-one and thirty-one, or, or first off. Uh, before we get to the the playoffs, you guys start super hot, like two months in, pretty much around Christmas, you're in first place. That doesn't hold, but I can imagine, like Utah, obviously in the in the 90s, you know, Stockton and Malone made made the playoffs for like 100 straight years, and then there's like a, a three or four year gap between when Malone leaves and then when when this group kind of forms. We hear a lot from other players about the the harsh environment that Jazz fans create, but kind of on the flip side, for you guys uh how how great and and high was that energy when you guys are kind of coming off fire in those few months of the season
1: it was unbelievable so you know my first year we didn't make the playoffs Mm -hmm. and that next year um that first game of the playoffs um it was it was the loudest i've ever heard arena when we when we ran out of the tunnel you know, to go go to warmups, and it like it like shocked me because I was mm-hmm. not expect Because our fans have been loud all year. You know, we had yeah. some of the best fans year round. Every game, eighty two, all eighty two of the uh, forty one of the regular season home games were were crazy. But it was just like another another energy level when we ran out of that tunnel for the for the playoffs. And um, you know, like you said, it was it was a tough environment for for road players, and and it definitely you know, what's our advantage. I can't remember our record, our home record that year, but I feel like we only lost like a couple games. I'm sure you can look it up.
0: No, I'll get that. (laughs) Uh, Believe me, I'll get that. So segueing into that first round, you catch T-Mac and Yao. Very rarely during their tenure together in Houston, where they're both healthy, especially in the playoffs, Uh, they get a few, they get 05 and then 07. And then, so this is the last time in the playoffs that both of them were healthy. Uh, you said before nobody expected you guys to win going into that series it's four or five but everybody's picking Houston uh yep. other than that that home crowd what do you remember from that series maybe specifically that that T-Mac Yao duo
1: it was a tough matchup for us I mean nobody's guarding Yao I mean he <laughs> or Mac we, both yeah I mean both of our both of our big men are undersized I mean anybody in the league's undersized compared to Yao nobody's stopping him on the block and um, and then T macs one of the best players in the league. So he's going to get his 25 30 every game. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they had, they had Ray Froston. Yeah. And yep. um, they had my buddy Luther Head played, played, at, played at, with me in Illinois. I mean, they had a, they had a really solid team and re- well coached. And man, it was, it was tough matchups, um, but definitely fun back and forth matchups. And um, took them to a game seven in Houston. Wasn't it in Houston? Game seven in Houston. Cause you, I think we were five.
0: You were four game seven. That's weird. It says you're the four C, but game so, seven. So is...
1: I forget why it's like that. Oh, we were the four because we won our division. I think.
0: So they and still so got the then, home court back,
1: advantage. Something like that. I can't remember. It was we it was a weird scenario, but I remember it was on the road. We won game seven on the road. But um the thing I take away from that <laughs> that series was T mac kept calling me Duran and it pissed me off so much. Um it was kind of, it was you no. Know, I I like to use little things as motivation. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. He just kept calling me Duran in interviews, and it was pissing me off. Which half the league called me Duron anyway. I still get called Duran to this day, so I blame my mom.
0: Like on court, he's telling you,
1: or in press conferences, just everything. In press press conferences, yeah. There was a couple of press conferences where he did it.
0: So you get past Houston in seven, and then Golden State, the We Believe team, coming mm-hmm. off that epic yep. win versus Dallas. Uh, you know, Matt and Stack in your interview—they they, they blame the refs. They said the refs cheated <laughs> them.
1: You,
0: you 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 say the the same thing kind of maybe happened in the San Antonio series, the next series. But have yeah. you seen the uh, the new Netflix documentary on Tim Donaghy?
1: Yes, I have. I just watched it actually the other day.
0: All right, so th- I mean, did, that did could, we have t-
1: did we have Tim Donaghy in any of those matchups?
0: No, can, you didn't have Tim Donaghy, but I, I I will look that up. But Are
1: you the... saying it's Scott Foster was Scott Foster on there because
0: well, th- that's they... that's kind of what I, what I wanted to hint at because you you watch the documentary and they they don't say flat out, but they say yeah. Donaghy and Foster were calling each other at halftime, and then you see the stats that come out recently where like Scott Foster and Chris Paul, fifteen yeah, straight losses. But like, was this something that you guys as players at the time kind of knew or suspected? Or mm. did you not want to believe it? And then you just found out after.
1: Um, I mean, I felt like the restaurant was cheating, but that's just me <laughs> probably being a baby. Um, and I felt like as a big guard, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of the calls that, I mean, you look at like Kevin Martin and Lou Williams, the call AI, they get like bumped a little bit and just flail and they get a call. I go through the lane, get hammered and I didn't get calls all the time. So, I mean, I feel like anybody's going to feel like they're cheated. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know there's guys – I could tell there's guys who had grudges against me. Like, there's one for – one for instance, I can't think of his name. I hate him so much. If I saw him today, I'd probably, I'd probably want to fight him. Um, but I swear he I, – like, I know for a fact that he would literally single me out in games without a doubt. I mean, he would even say stuff like when we come to the, the um, circle, he would like say little things. It just like kind of pissed me off. Motherfuckers, man. But I don't think that's the reason that we, we beat Golden State. All right. So. We beat them four to two. It's four one. Four one. Yeah, four one. So. Yeah. That's tough to beat a team four one all on refs.
0: That's true. Although there were
1: some close games. I,
0: I want to ask you, so. Obviously, Utah has that crazy home court environment, and then Oracle. You know, if you if you rank all time, probably number one. You you so, told us her on all the smoke with your mom, and yeah. and her her basically like yeah, I'll I'll give it to you. Uh, one, speak on that Oracle away yeah. environment, and then two, just talk about how how Mrs. Williams had to fare there.
1: Mrs. Smith, actually, Mrs. But, Smith. Um, she yeah, Oracle was tough. It was it was another tough one. They got loud. They were rowdy. You know, the Bay Area, definitely, they come to support their teams. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess my mom, my mom's, my mom's, uh, she's interesting because she, she, you know, she loves her baby, right? And mm-hmm. so, but she, also, I don't know, I don't know how the story, right? I, I, I still don't, I don't know, you know, you only hear one side of the story, right? I need to hear the other person. Oh, you, you, you've well,
0: only heard it from her.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, my mom tends to like if she hears something, she's gonna turn around, right, and say something. Just who cares what they're saying? Like it's not I can't hear them. I don't mm-hmm. care. But she lets that stuff bother her, so she's gonna say something. So like they probably were going back and forth and whatever. But uh, you know, at least they didn't put it put their hands on her like they did CP's people. You know, because oh. um, <laughs> then we would we would have had a problem. But uh, yeah, um, Oracle was tough to play. It was a, it was a tough tough arena to play and and. That Golden State team was tough, you know, a bunch of tough, hard nosed dudes. Um, and it was, it was some battles, even though we won, like you said, 4 1, you know, um, they were, they were all tough games.
0: What was that matchup with BD like? I talked to a lot of guys and they kind of pointed him a lot as just like a problem, toughest matchup. I know he was banged up that series, but what was that matchup like with BD?
1: Man, it was another one of my good friends in the league. You know, we had, had dinner or hung out before being there every game, you know, that series and, um, yeah, I mean, it was always fun to play against BD. Another another guy I grew up, you know, watching. Um, and uh, everybody still remembers that dunk he had uh, against AK. Every every start of every season or the end of the anniversary, I see that thing just flooding on Instagram, the Instagram feeds. But, yeah, he was a special player, you know, and, and I think one of those guys that kind of gets overlooked and doesn't get enough credit uh, for what he did in the league.
0: Yeah, it's funny that, you know, you guys won 4-1, but pretty much the only highlight from that series you see is that today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: 100%. It was
0: nasty. Uh, It was nasty, to be fair. So conference finals, you take care of of the Warriors 4-1. Then you got the Spurs. I I just talked to Booby Gibson uh, about the same season for the Cavs who lost to the Spurs in the finals. So you're seeing the same team, obviously, Duncan, Parker, Ginobili. Uh, You break out 34 points in game one, but you lose – you know, I know there might be some some ref play there, but what what do you remember most from that San Antonio series? Did could you have done anything different to, to get the win or were they just, you know, too good and too experienced?
1: I think so. I mean, yeah, looking back and then I, I actually got hurt at the end of that game. Game, uh, one. My, uh, game one, yeah, my calf. And so it, it bugged me the rest of the series. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anything we could have done. I mean. That that team was that team was tough, you know, um, and like you said, very experienced, uh, and they just know how to win. And um, we were just figuring out how to win. So, you know, we just we just ran into a juggernaut. Crazy thing is, I think if we could have beat them, I think we would have beat the Cavs. Probably.
0: Yeah. LeBron, uh, I, AK AK versus LeBron. We're cool yeah. with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we had every other matchup. Yeah. Uh, I feel like i take the point guard matchup for sure. You know, we would have threw the kitchen sink at, at LeBron and made other people beat him, beat us. Mm-hmm.
0: So you lose in five to San Antonio, and in the next three years, you you win one playoff series in uh, in 08 and then get the Lakers in round two, and then you see the Lakers in nine and ten. Uh, tough draws, to say the least. Team that won the West won back-to-back championships in 09 and 10. Uh, any any good Kobe stories from from any of those three matchups?
1: I mean Kobe was just a motherfucker, man. Um, it's it's there's nothing, it's nothing you could really do against him. I mean Ronnie Brewer, I saw highlights the other day where Ronnie Brewer playing defense on him is just him making contested shot after contested shot, hand in his face. It didn't it didn't really matter. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean there's it, not too many funny stories because it wasn't funny. You know, we just ran into we ran into the Mamba, man. And and uh, who knows if we would have beat them. I feel like we could have competed with any other team but them. It's kind of the same thing with, with San Antonio, where they're just too good. Him, Pagasol, Lamar Odom, you know, they're just they're just too tough.
0: I've heard before, like just people playing against Kobe in the playoffs, he, he shows his respect in in interesting ways. Like he's never gonna tell you like nice game or whatever. He probably shows his respect and, and shows that he respects you by like really competing against you. Did he say anything to you before, during, or after any of those series? Or, or is it just stone cold? Cause I know you played with him in 08 in the Olympics, probably yeah. established a relationship there. Like any yeah. interactions between you two that stick out?
1: No, I mean, he would say what's up before the game, you know, dap you up, but it wasn't, it wasn't like he's trying to, you know, be friendly, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's he's about his business. He always has been, um, and so, yeah, if, I don't think if, if you're not on his team, yeah, he's not really he ain't really have much conversation with. You.
0: Fair enough. Um, so that's kind of your Utah run. Uh, you go yeah. to you go to the Nets. Uh, it's funny, you know, I talked to players in like 07, You go to the Conference Finals. You're super young. Uh, the team around you is definitely not old. You got some young pieces. Like, do you just kind of expect after you get that close in in fall that like those opportunities will kind of like keep coming up like you expect that you know we made the conference finals this year like this should be the floor like maybe talk about that and just like how how hard it is not only to to make the playoffs but to win rounds in the playoffs
1: yeah I mean it is every everything has to go right you know you got to be healthy number one which um I feel like that was kind of something that 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 hindered us you know um I think that next year we lost memo in the first round. Or no, not no, It was three years after that. One, two, three. I think it was '09. We lost Memo in the playoffs. He tore his Achilles. Uh, Booze dealt with some hamstring injuries. I dealt with ankle injuries and, and wrist injury. Um, so that that's first and foremost. You know, you got to stay healthy. Um, in order to make the playoffs, and then you got to stay healthy throughout the playoffs to have a run. And matchups are everything. And we just we ran into some bad matchups for us. You know, teams that that had. A lot of length, you know, at Mm -hmm. at the big spots when when we didn't have that. And, uh, you know, I think it cost us.
0: Uh, I mean, today, just looking back, what what sticks with you most about your run in Utah?
1: Uh, I feel like it was the most fun I had playing basketball. You know, those early years before you before you understand what the NBA is, (laughs) before you understand the politics and, you know, um, you know, your ego. Ego gets ahead of you, you know. Um, it was fun. It was like pure basketball. I was just out there, not not really. Hooping. That's all you were thinking. It's, it's hooping. That's all you were thinking about. It's hooping, and being the best you can be. And, um, you know, it was fun. That that, that was my that was my most you know memorable um, times it was with the Jazz, and you know, um, definitely the times I, I feel like I look back the most on.
0: I mean, looking at their team now, I think, uh, you know, I think you could start right now <laughs> after the moves they just made.
1: You don't want to see me out there.
0: Nah. Uh, are they, I mean, I don't know if, if you know, but I feel like it's kind of a no-brainer that they should retire number eight. Is that? No. Is that, you don't no. think so? I mean, I mean other nah. than Stockton them alone, there's not, they, nah. there's other players, but you look at the leaderboards, <laughs> mean- you're up there
1: no, I think I needed to have, you know, another couple of years, you know, more years there and, and done, done more. Um, so I only I think I only made the all-star team once when I was there, which I feel like I got robbed a couple of times, but yeah, you, um, you,
0: you made it in that you made it in 11, but you get traded yeah. during that year. It's, I mean, it's tough yeah. to make the all-star team in the West in the, in the yeah, late 2000s. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was, it really was. Um, um yeah and then when ai came over from the east that made that made it tough because he was gonna get voted in Mm -hmm. um but yeah um no i don't think i don't think i don't think i was worthy of retiring my number i do but that's that's just me (laughs) well well, Uh, i appreciate that appreciate it yeah uh
0: you still watching the game now like any point guards you just love watching john Morant.
1: that kid is special Mm-hmm. I like what I really like watching him you know I, I yeah I watch I don't watch religiously you know I'll, I'll like if I see I, I very rarely watch a game from start to finish um but I, I you know I tune in here and there and I watch highlights stuff like that mm. I think uh
0: not like super similar play but I don't know. I just, I love watching Luca and like think, think back on those like 2000s guards. Like, obviously, he's, he's got like four or five inches on you, but kind of yeah. similar build. Like, he's a big body. Another guy yeah. that could probably get more calls than he does, although he's, he's a pretty good actor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, Lucas is, his, his game is crazy. Um, and just how, how slow and, 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 and controlled he plays. I mean, he's always at, he can't, you can't really speed him up. You know, um, I think the only way to, the only, like you said the only thing that kind of gets him frustrated and gets him off his game is not getting calls. Yeah. Um which I I've, I've been there. I've been there where I've I feel like I let the I let the refs like take me out of my game instead of just you know, if I had my mindset now, <laughs> I would have been a lot better. Uh I would have been a lot better, probably played a lot longer than I did.
0: I got to dig up the old tapes and find that ref that 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 you got it out for. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm
1: sure. What was his name? He was a oh, I can't I can't remember. Light skinned black dude. Um. Maybe it's I best. Can't his name. Maybe it's best for his own good. We don't know. Nah, no, nah, I'm I'm joking. I don't I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but I know he did have it out for me. One mm-hmm. hundred uh, well, that's all I got, D. Will. Uh, again,
0: man, I really appreciate your time. I think the fans are gonna love this. Uh, 2007 Jazz, almost got it, but uh, definitely a, a bright spot in the uh, in the post Stockton Malone Jazz era. So, I appreciate you hopping on, man.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for having me.
0: That is a wrap, man. Darren Williams on the 2007 Utah Jazz. This is your host, Dylan Dreyfus. Reminder. Drop a rating and a review if you enjoyed that. We really appreciate it. I'll be back next week with a fresh episode. Until then, peace. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales event, so give your friends something to look at like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers